0: (laughs) Cliffcentral.com
1: good morning we are back to the happy hump day of Wednesday and we're here with Animal Central this morning again I'm Sharon Dale my co-host Jonathan Sinclair it's going to be a fun full very busy show today
2: yes I think this is the first time we've ever had more than two guests yes, on in a day yes. we're moving on up in this world we're moving up we're but moving we actually up. have the most important guest today is not even a human No,
1: it's not even a human it is lying under our desk we will post photos later on on canine Zone and on our on Gareth Cliffs page we have Vuka Vuka in the studio Vuka is a golden retriever who's in training for a person in a wheelchair and our special guest today is Maxine Getty she's a a dog instructor she's a um, she trains dogs for autistic children for people in wheelchairs and for people that have lost their eyesight mm. welcome Maxine thanks for joining us today Thank and thanks for bringing Vuka tell us about h-
3: him um, well, Vuk has just started his training He's yes. just over a year old Uh And he already knows how to pick articles up Oh, really? He can open and close doors He can turn light switches on Yes He can do um, a bark on command Can we try that? Um, hopefully he'll do it <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's see It's going to be see, awkward go. if he does isn't <laughs> it
2: <don't> it? To <laughs> Yes, <listeners>, it is <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: like children, they never do it when you exactly. want them to Exactly <laughs> He wants to. Uh, he just no. wants the food. Little, he, wants the he wants the treat. He wants the
2: treat. But he's still very young. He is only one year old, and uh, he's just started his training, yes. I believe. So yes. I think we can forgive him.
1: <laughs> uh, no, he wants that treat. What a No, all I'm face. getting is heavy breathing. Uh, yeah. uh, I know. Yes, you heard the heavy breathing. Maxine, so, so let's start by telling us
3: what, what it is that you do. Um, well, I work for the Guide Dog Association. So obviously our primary target is... Guide Dogs for Blind People. Mm, right. And then we have a small section, like you said, where we train service dogs for people in wheelchairs. Yes. And we train dogs that aid uh, children with autism as well. Okay. So what the, what the autism support dogs do is they wear two leads, mm. um, one of which their caregiver or their parents will hold, and yes. then the other lead the child holds onto. Because kids with autism do tend to run off a lot oh, And they right. don't want to be restrained by their parents holding their hand yes. But for some reason they're, happy they're to okay hold the lead the on dog. their own Yeah, That's Which incredible. you can imagine makes a huge difference To um the parents being able to go shopping without their child, without their child mm. running mm. Off, off in the mall And it must yeah. do good for the
2: kid as well Because I know kids with autism, they don't really relate to people as well So maybe having that dog with them mm. all the time is mm. a sense of security for them, I suppose
3: well, it does bring them out of their own world, mm. and it affects different children differently. Mm. Um, we've had dogs that have been used for therapy, um, whether it's OT, physical therapy, speech therapy, but each child's individual.
1: Mm. Yeah, amazing sure. work they do. Sure. Yeah. And like Vuka, he's being trained now for a person in a wheelchair.
3: That's right. When
1: did his training start? How old are the dogs when you start training them?
3: Well, when they're eight weeks old, they go and live with regular families that we call puppy raisers. Okay. And they raise the puppies with supervision. They socialize the dogs. Um, They're allowed to go to shopping malls, places like that, with the puppies while they're in training. They get them used to cars, Um, other dogs, kids, the whole lot. Yes, noises, sounds, everything like that. When they're a year old, then they will come back to the training center for what we would call their formal training, which is the stage that VUC is at at the moment. They'll have about eight months' training. Yes. And then we will train the new owners... With the dog. With
1: the dog. Yeah. Okay, so Vuka came from a what do you call it? A puppy
3: puppy race. Puppy
1: race. That yeah. must be heartbreaking. I know, how though? do
3: you
2: give it up after yes, a year? I mean look at must that, must that be face. Heartbreaking. But I suppose if you know the good work they're going to do, it it helps, you know?
1: I saw with a video once of a of a woman that had handed over her dog and she was hiding behind the car so she could just watch and see where her dog went. It must oh, be very no,
2: difficult. Shame here.
1: But it's uh, special people that do that. So do you yeah. have people who volunteer?
3: Yes, we have quite a, um, a large group of puppy walkers But, um, you know, depending on how many dogs we're breeding Because sometimes we'll get a huge litter of like 10 puppies So we're always looking for people to volunteer to be puppy racers.
1: Yes, for for a, so it's approximately a year Yeah Okay, and then they go into formal training So do they stay within the, the behaviourist or where do they go from there?
3: They come to our training centre which is in Paulshof. And they'll actually stay there in kennels during the week. Okay. And then on the weekends, cause uh, we, we're not training the dogs on the weekend, then they'll go home. Yes. So yes. they actually stay oh, so at our training center. So they to see centre. their
2: family over the weekend at least. Yes. yes. That's yes, nice. Can that
1: no. for a bit. And is it difficult to train them? How lo- does it take a lot to, to get them to the point where you can actually hand them over to a person without sight or in a wheelchair?
3: I wouldn't say it's difficult, um, because all of the dogs that we're breeding, we're breeding for dogs that are willing to please and willing to work, because mm. you can't force them to do this work. Yes. Uh, we do use clicker a lot. Right. Which is great fun yep. for the dogs. Fantastic. Um, yes. Labrador's and Golden Retrievers and food go very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would say it's like that with all dogs. All yeah. But, you know, sorry, I know you, I didn't need to finish, but what is it about Golden Retrievers that make them such good service dogs to humans?
3: Well, with golden retrievers and labradors, you know, they they are working dogs, Mm. but they're quite acceptable out in the public. Whereas, you know, something like um, a German shepherd people are more scared of that. Yeah,
2: Mm. hey, that's a it's an interesting way of thinking about it.
3: And they're quite easy to take care of as well. You know, they don't low maintenance. uh, They're low maintenance. Yeah. You know, they're a daily brush and they're fine. And they, they don't really n- need and to they go to the awesome And they've got awesome natures They really mm. do. Absolutely. Do you
1: ever use other breeds? Or is it purely germ- uh, Golden Retrievers and bleachers? We
3: have tried standard poodles, but not that yes. many. And German shepherds, um, but we haven't trained German shepherds in quite a long time. But mostly, you know, we know what works. Yes. So isn't
1: the standard poodle supposed to be the, the most intelligent dog next to the border collie?
3: Well, Another reason for us using Golden Retrievers and Labradors is that they're happy to, to work. Yes. But if they're with somebody, say, in an office, when they get to work and the dog is resting, a Labrador is happy to sleep for three or four hours <laughs> and then get up and work yes. again. Yes, You know, whereas Border Connie would be fantastic at the work. We'll probably ah, just want to carry it's on.
1: Lot, it's got a lot of energy. Yeah, bouncing yes. off the walls all day yes. in your office is not
3: ideal. Yeah. Hey? Absolutely. And probably picking up everything you don't want it to be. Yeah, up and yeah. bringing it to you,
1: so. They also, they're amazing dogs. I mean, if I, if you look at how they do the sheep, um, what would you call it? Shepherding. Mm. They're incredible. What mm. the, the work that these dogs do. They really are. So now, as an owner or a, a handler already been chosen for VUCA?
3: Not yet. What we do is, we would start training the dogs all the same. So the the basics that they're taught is to pick up dropped articles, um, open and close doors, light switches, like I said. Then we have a waiting list.
1: Oh.
3: We will start to then... Um, do a match with the dog and the person which is quite an in-depth process because if we give somebody the wrong dog we're setting them up for failure so you're looking for like
1: a personality match
3: yeah and in lifestyle there's loads of things we take into consideration yes then we will have a look at what that person specifically needs so they might for example need the dog to pull their leg up onto the wheelchair plate Oh, no, so not everybody wants to that. Do that. Yes. Yeah. So once we've made the match, we will go into the very specifics of what. Sort of, of customize mm. the dog to mm. the human's needs. It's
2: yeah. amazing work.
1: Okay, because okay, mm. I suppose the needs are very different from a, a guide dog to a for someone in a wheelchair or an mm. autistic child.
3: Yeah. Mm. So the, the guide dogs are all trained the same. But um, the matching again is very important because yes. everyone's different. You get um, somebody who walk really slowly and not very far. We don't want to give them a dog that needs mm, a lot of stimulation. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So
1: do you train them all the same when you get them back as puppies, and and then customize them later?
2: Yeah, sort of like a basic yeah. foundation training, yes. and then whatever they specialize in, as if they were studying something.
3: Well. As in all dog training, obedience is is the okay. base. You don't have Start that. With them, so, yeah. Mm. So okay. all of them have to have good obedience.
2: And how many, like, would you say per year do you place with people? How many dogs are you getting out there?
3: On the guide dog side, it's probably about forty, mm-hmm. and on the service dog side and the autism support side, we're doing about ten a year.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work that goes into it. mm. I think a lot of a lot of time just to get one dog ready. Yes, yes.
1: And when you say service dog, that that's when you refer to a person in a wheelchair or uh, other service dogs. Do they also go to hospitals and schools and things like that? Old age no, no. No, So you training for them to work.
3: All of the dogs play a physical role, so you know Mm. they're not. I don't want to say just companions because that's really really important. Mm. But we're not training therapy dogs or companion dogs. They all, all the dogs have a physical role. You, yes. you know, even the autism support dogs.
2: Wouldn't things like police dogs and, uh, you know, dogs that are t- tested to sniff out drugs and things at airport, are those service dogs? Are those fall yeah, into I under think your, so. your it's jurisdiction? It's a different service. Yeah. But you, you don't train for that type of thing. No, you're just purely no. for human. Yeah.
3: Okay. For human for needs, yeah. For human needs. Disabilities. For disabilities.
1: So if you're a person with a disability and. You want a dog I mean they can obviously It can help you so much In your daily life As you say If you drop something Opening a door Mm. Switching off a light If you want a dog How What's the process How do you actually Get onto that waiting list
3: Well first of all We need an application form Then one of our instructors Will go out and visit The person at home And With um, A guide dog Obviously the person Has to have visual impairments Yes they need to be able to walk a certain distance at a certain speed to um, what's the word I'm looking for? So that they need a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need to walk fast and far, but if you're only going to to walk to your neighbour's house and back,
2: you don't need a guide dog. Yeah, yes, then the yes, dog's yes. not okay. really working.
3: Service dogs, the person has to. Um, have the dog to do things that they cannot physically do for themselves. Right. So,
2: so you can't just be lazy and say, I want a service dog. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if I could, <laughs> yeah, to do my I, I could use one of these.
2: <laughs> but I mean, what is the process? So let's say I'm blind and I wake up in the morning. Uh, where do you start? Is it, is the dog lying next to your bed? And from there he helps you get up. He helps you get to the kitchen. What is the process? Or are they just for when you're outside your house?
3: Just when you're outside your house.
2: So they don't guide you in your house. and. No, you know, not
3: at all. Uh, Guide dog owners are fully capable in their work environment, at home. So most of the guide dogs' work is is outside. That's
1: the guide dogs. But the, the service dogs. dogs would oh, well, help you to pick up something okay. or shut yes. a door okay. or switch a light. Yeah. I mean, it, it's incredible. I've seen um, a lot of programs about it. And I think it's not only that that wonderful bond, because we all know. What Mm. dogs can actually do for Mm. you—they change your life, help with depression, all sorts of things. So, is there a long waiting list if you if you want to get a dog?
3: There, there is quite a long waiting list. Uh, We do have more guide dog instructors, Mm. obviously, because it is the majority of our work. On the service dog side, there's only three of us doing it, Mm. and we because we are only putting out such a small number every year. Yes that our waiting list for service dogs is about two years mm. wow. on that's average. Wow, that's very long. A, yeah.
1: And the cost? Is, there, is it a donation or, or how does the person does a person have to then pay for training and, and to buy the dog or how does
3: that work? Well, we are a charity mm. and we can't give our clients a presence with mm. terms and conditions no. attached right, to it. Right. So they have to buy the dog from us so that we can put terms and conditions on it. Yes. So they pay a token of five rand.
2: Five red. That is ridiculously
3: expensive.
2: Good <laughs> <performance>. <laughs> no, yeah, that is grand. that is hectic. To five so five. Buy
3: the
4: dog from you. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's incredible. It's, it's just the formality yeah. of it, basically. So you survive yeah.
1: on donations. Uh, oh yeah, like without
3: it? the public, we we yes. we couldn't survive at all.
2: Do corporates help you out a lot? They
3: do, but um, uh, we we have a lot of fundraising events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, people can join call and Thai Club where they have a debit order that comes mm. through every month. We mm-hmm. have a golf day and a ball. Mm. Um, and you
1: also have a little magazine. I'm sure I've seen the Guide Dog magazine as well.
3: We do have a little magazine that goes out to our members. Okay.
1: Oh, so you can become a member of you the Guide can Dog Association, a yeah. and then you get the the ma- It's a lovely little magazine. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stories and and. I suppose so, yeah. they have to
3: do everything
2: they can, you know, to no absolutely. Keep doing it's the work it's they such they a great need. Yeah. And
1: and do you find in public are more and more stores? I know. Most all say guard dogs allowed, but what about therapy dogs? Are they becoming more lenient with that, that you can go in with the dog? Do they wear a specific little jacket saying thing, th- working dog, therapy dog?
3: They wear uh, red jackets, and they do have the guide dog logo on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the dogs are all registered by us. We've bred them, we've raised them, we've trained them, we've trained the, the person, so we can vouch for them 100%. Yes. So... Because the dogs are registered with guide dogs, they do have access to public to places. public places.
2: Yeah. Are there ever dogs that you get that you just can't, they're not service yeah, dogs, and so you have all. to sort of push them out of the program? Um,
3: there are, and it could be for a variety of reasons. When that happens, the puppy walker's first option if they want to keep the dog, mm-hmm. which a lot of them do. If um, they don't, we have a waiting list of people who want to adopt our dogs. So, oh. it's it's the same process. They yes. have to so fill in an application form for yes. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, but I
2: suppose some dogs know. just don't have the temperament for it. Even if they are, let's say, mm. a golden retriever or a Labrador, maybe their personality just a doesn't allow it. or something mm. like yeah, that. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. So, Maxine, if people want to get involved, if they want to donate, get involved, mm. become a member, where do they go? What can they do?
3: Well, they can go onto our website, uh, which is www.com. Dot guide dog, one word, dot um, we also have a golf day on the 22nd of March Oh, great Twi- sorry, uh, May said okay, sorry, no, I was going to say that was in, in the past yeah, like, like, Are you planning ahead? or? Back
2: to the future <laughs> Okay, 22nd of May I presume that's yeah. a Saturday huh? or is it just, I'm not sure, We're not sure. We'll, we'll check up on that yeah, it, should <laughs> be,
3: it should be um, We've got our spring ball coming up in September Oh, that's um, nice. People could ride in the 94.7 mm-hmm. Momentum Cycle Challenge. Okay. To, to raise. Oh, well, um, you ride for the cause. Yes. You yes. Yeah. And yeah. your Spring
1: Ball, just interjecting, is awesome. That is amazing. I think that's the one that was arranged by Edith Fenter. Yes. That's awesome. That's the one. Fantastic mm. event. You have to be there.
2: Spring Ball, eh? Hey? Mm. Are dogs allowed? No, ah, guard, no. Dogs. <laughs>
1: guard, guard dogs are allowed. <laughs> guard dogs are allowed. And we
3: normally have puppies at the ball as well, which, you know, oh, then, okay. I can sponsor. Deal with that. And
1: at your media yeah. day. I know yes. last year I spent a good half an hour just cuddling puppies.
2: Oh, no. Mm, that's my that's kind of thing. But now, what are, do the dogs ever retire? When does it come a time where the dog has done its duty? Is there age? Is there sort of, sort of criteria you look at?
3: When the dogs get to about ten, which is normally when they retire, because mm-hmm. we do we do follow up visits with our clients yearly.
2: Mm, when the dog is getting
3: older, we will um, do more frequent follow up visits. But you know the person knows their dog, mm-hmm. and the bond between them is incredible. The dog's yes. with them twenty four seven. So when the dog is starting to slow down and is not jumping up all ready, let's go to work, then the dog will be retired. We Mm -hmm. believe that these dogs work their whole lives and they should enjoy a good, happy retirement. Absolutely. Um, Most people will keep the dog Mm -hmm. if they're in a position to do so. If um, they're not, in the rare case, let's say somebody stays in a flat mm. and they've got a new dog to get them to work or what have you, they can't leave the old dog on its own. These dogs are used to being around people Absolutely. all the time. yes, yes. And then we do have people who want to adopt retired dogs. The, the golden Check. oldies.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. yes. I, I always had a question. Uh, when these dogs are working, So they're out with the owner, they're working. I've often seen, especially children, see them come and go, oh, can I say hello to the doggy? And, you know, distracting the dog. Is that Mm. something that people shouldn't do? If you see a working dog... Don't go and try and pet Johnny because you're distracting yeah. it. Is that
3: yeah, which can be quite true? dangerous yeah, for the owner. That. Okay, you know if you've got somebody calling the dog or While he's crossing it. the road <laughs> or yeah. something, you yeah. know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, then you know the dog's concentration is off its work.
1: So admire from afar, but don't go and yeah. pass over the dog.
2: But I suppose these dogs are also they have to be, especially with children. I mean, if children run up and want to hug it or something, I'm sure they're used to that kind of thing. I
1: just saw Vuko now in the in the waiting yeah, room outside. How he loved the two little. I children. Think I
2: I, I, I'm pretty sure those were Carly, Carly's kids That were sitting oh, out there They okay, just loved her okay. yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes, because I I too I mean, I'm one of these You see a dog I can spot a dog at a kilometer hour, yeah. But I always stop myself and go, "Okay, You shouldn't mm. distract the yeah. dog Because it could, as you say, be dangerous yeah. no. And look, at the end mm. of the
3: day They're just dogs So, you know, they like children mm. Children mm. are inviting And, you know, if someone's Waving a piece of bull tongue in their face. No, absolutely. Mm. I suppose you split. should always
2: check with the owner first. Can I pet your dog? Yes. Or You know, perhaps yes. the owner will say, yeah, oh, he's not busy right now." I'm yes. Head, no, yeah.
3: no, no, absolutely. And it gives the owner a chance then to get their dog under control. You know, that they can make them sit and then say, "Okay, you can pet them now." Now you that. can do it. Yes. Dogs
2: are a great way to make friends. You know, if you have a dog oh, with yes. you, you will make so many friends. Yes. Anyone will come up to you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Some people, it's it's incredible yeah. how some people just have these. Stone-cold hearts, they don't. Uh, yeah, I tell you mm. what, I melt.
2: But I wonder if there's other animals that could be used in this way. Um, you know, could you train a pig to do this? Could you train a goat or a cat, for instance? Is it just dogs that can help us like this?
3: As far as I know, it's just dogs. But I know in America they have used ponies Pony. as guides. Okay. But I'm a city girl. I he don't know anything about farm animals. Ponies. But, okay. but
2: ponies aren't always small no, little no, things. No, yeah. like, can you imagine walking around with a like, pony? guide pig. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I
1: would think like something like a parrot would probably work well. Yeah Easy to carry around He's sitting there You know Might work well No Maxine Thank you very very much For coming in today We really appreciate it And the, the amazing work That you do And I hope that our listeners Get involved And become members And because without As you say The public you know, you can't do your work. So another animal angel who's doing so much for people out there. And we wish who a long and very, very
3: active and
1: helpful life. With yeah, he's still home. got a long way to go, he's hey? He's got a way to yeah.
2: go. He's only
3: one. So When
1: will he go to his new home?
3: He'll still be in training between six to eight months. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's a Good little bit luck. still, so, you yeah. still
1: got it. so do you have him? Does he stay with
3: you? No, he no. stays at our training center And he's my well colleague, Vincent, is training him at the moment Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, we'd love to have him back when he's You yes. know, when he can guide us, do us and
1: that. Can, hey? Yeah, when he's gone to his new home Let's bring you back mm. in with his new owner yeah. That would be fantastic would be yeah. 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 And story. hopefully
3: he will bark then Thank you very much, Maxine We'll be back and we're
1: back, we're just hustling around, trying to get some photos done with Vuko, which he didn't really want to cooperate today. Yeah, he, he, we're
2: trying to get him to look at the camera, but it's causing some problem, then all of a sudden we hear silence. Oh, yes, I know,
1: shooting. I know, but we're back now, and we're going to talk about something very, very interesting. We've got Dr. Clinton Austin in. He's, he's back. The, he's back, he's back. He's the Head of Clinical Development and Regulatory Affairs at Bayer, and we're going to talk today, we actually put out the word and said any questions? Who wants to know something you know, along the veterinary lines? And one of the most questions we often get on Canine Zone as well is about spaying and neutering. So we're going to talk about that today. Thanks, Clint, for coming back in. Much appreciated. It's a great
0: it's pleasure. Nice to see you guys again.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm actually quite out of breath, wrestling yeah. with a golden retriever <laughs> to try and get a photo.
2: We're trying attack. to do a whole photo shoot with this dog that is not interested at all. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: might be my fault. They can smell vets from a mile.
1: Oh, out. that's actually this is true, true. Hey? Yeah. She probably thinks you so probably going to get a jab or something. Yes, you. wants to get away from you <laughs> before you
2: start sticking things in yeah, his orifices and stuff.
1: And <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, Clint. If we focus today on spaying and neutering, I know there's a lot of controversy, especially with the male population, who don't like having their dogs neutered. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. <laughs> I, don't know. I also noticed
0: that I, I, I don't, men are terribly sentimentally attached to their dog's testicles for some
2: reason. Yeah, they think it is like um, of their own maybe.
0: Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I think maybe they just uh, – if you talk to any male about – um Neutering or castration I think they all start to squirm Fairly uncomfortably in their chairs I had it plenty of times In my consultation room But it is an absolutely essential thing If you're not planning to breed with a dog And um, you know A lot of people say Oh but you know Why are you doing it so young And you know You should wait until They've at least hit puberty first The fact of the matter is If you neuter or castrate a male dog before the onset of puberty so Let's say that every day for about 6 months You reduce their chances of prostate cancer By upwards of 90% wow. later on in life That's, a lot. That's the most important thing And also you nip a whole lot of Excuse the horrible pun You nip a whole lot of <laughs> behavioral yes. issues in the bud right. Over there You know, If right. if a dog, if you're neutering a dog for behavioral reasons When he's a few years old already Those behaviors tend to become fairly entrenched And oh, then okay. neutering would have less and, and a lot of times would have less of an effect Than what you what you would like, yes. and particularly if it is a male hormone testosterone related behavior like inappropriate marking, excessive urination, yes. and that mm. kind of thing, and it does it does reduce a lot of aggression.
1: Oh, that right, male aggression absolutely.
0: particularly if you're going to go into your whole sort of wolf pack mentality with your family and that kind of thing that's also very very important as well but if you if you are dealing with breeds that are known to be aggressive and i'm mm. not i'm not one to stereotype a breed for aggression sure, um sure. you know to me a lot of it is environmental and how the dogs are raised yes, but but there, there are some dogs that you know you just you want to just remove that potential yes. aspect right. out of the equation. Right. So if you're not planning to breed, you have to, And well, you shouldn't you be planning shouldn't. to breed. Mm. It's, it's, it's um, the responsible thing to do. And, I mean, even if you take away – Um, The threat of prostate cancer You get a condition later on in their lives Called benign prostatic hyperplasia Mm -hmm. Which is a benign enlargement Of the prostate gland But the prostate gland can become cystic Can become infective in extreme cases um, It can become extremely large And start affecting the lower spine It can impinge on the colon Mm -hmm. There's a number of things that can happen there And that's all under the influence of testosterone So Mm -hmm. if you remove testosterone um, Out of the equation It also prevents that kind of thing happening later in life Mm.
1: And I think, you know, today there are so many dogs sitting in shelters. There Mm. are millions of dogs. You know, the, the stats I saw, I don't know if they're correct, was about a million are being euthanized a year. Because there's not enough homes out there, People shouldn't be breeding. I, mm. I don't get it. You know, the, the excuses are we wanted our children to see the puppies or we wanted to see what the dogs would look like. That's not a good reason.
0: Yeah. And again, I mean, there's this whole child car seat debate on the go mm. at the moment. You know, by next week, everybody, child under three has to be strapped in the car. And the biggest excuse is, well, this is going to cost me money. <sighs> but it's it's one of those things that you need to take you into the equation when you buy a dog yeah. and please when you buy a dog as a gift for somebody else that they didn't ask for
1: right mm. you know right. That,
0: that's another particular that issue happens over there. a lot
1: and and the dogs from the shelters that get adopted they are already spayed and neutered yeah. because we have to get that done we have to stop the puppy mills we have to mm-hmm. stop the backyard breeding to to make a difference and you say the cost of spaying and neutering well, I think it could actually save you quite a bit in that other right. conditions Absolutely. down the line. Absolutely,
0: and but the same goes for female dogs and sterilisation. I was just going to yes. ask that. What memory about the females? Yeah. Same story. Mammary cancer, oestrogen-induced uh, cancer or neoplasia. If you spay them before their first heat cycle, you reduce their chances of mammary cancer by upwards of ninety percent. Wow! Later on in life, That's a lot. and what if about behaviour? Behaviour behavior too. Uh, where it was going is that if you, if you just uh, out of an interesting comparison, if you spay them after their first heat, your memory cancer prevention rate then drops down to 50, 60 percent. So you know there is a difference there because there are a lot of people there is a, a few schools of thought that say well you've got to leave and let them have at least one or two yes, heat cycles before you spay that. them. Yes. But then that's fine. But you need to accept then that your uh, your preventative efficacy, shall we say, then becomes reduced, reduced later on in life. So when Correct?
1: should you spay a neuter? At what six, age? Months. Six, six months. Six months is a
0: good standard age. Okay. Um, they will, you know, your vet will also be able to recommend you liaise with your vet. Yes. You know, you really you need to form a close relationship with your veterinarian. For sure. You need to be comfortable enough to pick up your phone at any time and say, listen, you know what, I've got this issue. I'd like to talk mm. about it, or mm. you know, I've been trawling the net and I found this particular. Issue, what do you think? Yes. about yeah, Bounce these ideas off your vet. It's really, and some vets will have different ideas. Um, some vets will prefer, you know, to do different breeds at different months, but, but speak to your veterinarian. Okay. Mm. And it's, and it's
1: not at the actual operation. If we look at the spaying and neutering, my dogs have both been done and it's not a big deal. I mean, they back home in the afternoon, no, it's not. they're Absolutely. back on their feet the next day.
0: Absolutely. They go in, go in in the morning, they come home in the afternoon. Yes. Um, there's very few dogs. That are not almost ninety five percent back mm. to normal by the following by morning. The it's following absolutely morning. amazing if yeah. you think about um, humans. who have that kind of surgery yes. and they're down and no. out for weeks. Yes. You know, so it, it's absolutely incredible. And um, you know, we, we as veterinarians,
2: we take great care to to make sure. So that it is
1: it a safe procedure? Absolutely.
2: If so. if you had a female dog, would you spay her before her first heat? Personally, I would, yes. Mm. Mm. Okay. And now, in terms of the males, I know if you're new to them too early, they never cock their leg when they urinate. Is Is that true? No, no, not necessarily. They
1: still do. No,
0: not necessarily. That's that's a a learned behavioral Mm. thing that Mm -hmm. they generally will either learn themselves or they'll learn from other male dogs who are doing it. Mm. It, it, it really got, in my opinion, got precious little to do with neutering them too early. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I wanted to find out, I had my, I've got a male pit bull that we adopted and we neutered him, sure, he was about seven, eight months old, but he still, of a delicate question but he's still he's now nine he's still at certain times of the year gets very sexually excited <laughs> and attacks my female and and he gets a huge erection is that normal because someone said to me maybe they didn't do a complete neutering
0: look there are situations where okay there's a couple of potential hmm. options or, or, or answers here sometimes dogs have not, have an undescended testicle either one ah. or both where they're known as a crypt orchid Okay. okay, so in other words, there are the unilateral or bilateral cryptorchid, and i i, I don't like I, I don't like to think that any veterinarian would do that and is, is, is find a dog cryptorchid, take out the one testicle, and, and leave, leave the leave other the one other behind. One. Okay. Um, that that's. Um, not ethical to sure, begin with, um, sure. but sometimes maybe an owner said to the vet listen, it's going to be too expensive to do the intra-abdominal surgery to get that oh, take so they the one, would actually have to Take out the The issue is, so the, but inside. if it's only at certain times of the year, I don't yes, think that's a particular spring, issue in your enough. case. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is with those undescended testicles, they in, in large percentage of cases go cancerous later in life. Oh, they form pseudotally so cell tumors, which are fairly nasty. See. You yeah. know, in your particular case, remember that, that mounting Mm. Um, and that kind of thing is also yes. very often a dominance display by dogs. Oh. So you'll see females doing it to each other. You'll oh. see males doing so it to each other, and vice versa. It could be a dominant thing. Uh, and then, unfortunately, sometimes dogs enjoy the sensation. I'm mm, afraid, sure. <laughs> you know. So, sure. um, but but so there are a number of sort of potential options there. Uh, the, the nice thing with 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 neutering a dog, though, is that it's you can be fairly sure when you've got both testicles out, and that there's no potentially testosterone. Producing tissue yes. being left behind. Right. And occasionally with a sterilisation, particularly if it's a large, fat dog, it's really, really difficult to get to those ovaries. Very occasionally, you might get a small piece of ovarian tissue left behind, which is still producing a bit of oestrogen. And then the owners are saying, "Well, this is very strange. My dog's been sterilised, yes. but she's still coming onto heat she every now and then." On heat. So, you know, but, if, but if there is something again, if you're concerned about, go and speak to your vet. Have yes. them checked out.
1: Because to not sterilize your female that's just aside from the health issues it's also very difficult for the male dogs not only in your garden but in your in surrounding the area yeah, you'll be
0: amazed at what um, acrobatic feats yes. female dogs in heat can induce from male dogs <laughs> right. from around i mean right. they'll jump 12 foot walls yes. to get to her and it causes all sorts of behavioral issues and Generally could make you fairly unpleasant with your, unpopular with your neighbours, right, I suppose. Right. But, um, really it's just the right thing to do. No, it if is the not. If you're not going to breed, it, it really is the responsible and right thing to do.
1: I've, I've heard of people who say, well, we don't want to spay, but we'll just sort of keep her away from other dogs. Just go and have her spayed. I don't think it's all that costly either. I think I believe it's about one, three, one, five, something around there. To, it depends where you go. But again, find you your
0: vet, shop around. Yes. You know, see, see, see what you can get there. The other excuse you commonly hear is that we don't want to sterilize a female dog because they put on weight. Yes,
1: I've and, heard that. And
0: um, it, it, to me, that is more related to less exercise mm. and poor diet rather than anything else. Yes. Um, you know, it's not just because you sterilize your dog does not mean that they're going to get fat. It's got nothing to keep, do with you it. You can definitely keep them in shape with exercise and the right diet. Um, so the two are not directly correlated.
1: Yes. And Clint, risks, are there any risks having your dog sterilized or neutered? I suppose any surgery carries risks. At the end of the day,
0: you you are looking at a general anesthetic. So are there risks? Yes. The same risks were you to go in for a procedure Mm. and a general anesthetic. But those risks are minimal. Minimal. I would say a hell of a lot safer than just driving around on gauting roads on a daily basis. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, But again, you can speak to your vet about it and say, what are the risks, you know, Get into detail The procedure Step by step right. As yes. what's going to happen But yes With any general anesthetic Even in the healthiest Of human beings Or animals There is a risk to but it But it's, it's very, very small, small But that risk yes. exists.
1: And is it a quick procedure How long are they actually the yeah, anesthetic Generally
0: for? If it's a routine spay And there's no dramas Really beginning to end 15-20 minutes Wow That's quick I see.
1: That is quick
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a quick procedure It really is And, do you and think it's castration? Even are less castration under 10 minutes
1: Oh, really? Is castration actually quicker and easier? Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, rem- I remember my dog, we we sent him in the morning. We got him back in the afternoon. By the night, he was up and about... Didn't care, it was yeah. done, finished. But
0: generally, I mean, we like to hang on to them after the procedure to, so to make sure, sure they've completely yes. recovered from anesthetic. There's no problems from the wounds, there's no post op complications. Um, and you, you know, you should be taking home painkillers as well for a couple of days after a procedure like that for your yes. dog. But generally, they, they really do well. They do and nowadays, fine.
2: don't you use those those stitches that just dissolve, or the dog just chews them off for it? Work? It's a problem, you know.
0: In humans, you can tell a human or you can tell a child, leave your stitches alone mm. and leave your wound alone. And then maybe if you want to put in dissolving, um, or soluble stitches or sutures, fine. But in a dog, you'll notice that if you as a human go to a doctor with a laceration, they suture, they'll tell you bring stitches out three, four days. Yes, right, in dogs, right. they'll tell you 10 to 15 days. And the reason being is that dogs are very active. They're running around. They're licking that wound. They're lying around in the dirt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the risk Mm -hmm. of infection is that much higher. So we tend to leave the sutures in for a little bit longer just because the stresses that that wound is exposed to is -hmm. just that much higher. Um, And also remember, a spay wound... Is on the ventral or the this on the ventral the bottom surface of the stomach. So there, and remember, a dog stands horizontal, so the entire weight of the dog's organs is on wound. that wound. Oh, you okay. know, so we do tend to leave stitches in a little bit longer just to give the chance the wound
2: the wound chance yes, to heal. Yes, Do your heal. clients ever bring their dog in and say, "Take out the stitches," and the stitches are gone? Uh, often. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. Like, where, where are these stitches? <laughs> yeah, I know that that's that's a regular yeah. kind. So, do
1: you think more people are actually? Especially neutering their dogs I mean when you were saying earlier men are very against it I can you see why though more, yeah. yeah would you think
2: Because I think men realize the importance that Yes, that means to them. Really? So think definitely. connect with that. I think definitely. See, I'm not
1: a, a male, so I don't The same, like, if a guy's that. taking
2: his dog for a walk and it doesn't cock its leg to pee on the tree. No. It's, it's, it's
1: yeah. not. It's yeah, not. I, I cannot tell you
0: the number of <laughs> couples that I've had in my consultation room talking to me about castration and the wife mm. says, well, can you sort the husband out of the city? Uh, <laughs> <the same> <laughs> often, often.
2: But you probably could, not so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no. We're on
1: the table, done. No,
0: no, but you know, can you really see men start to squirm and, you know, the wife's yeah. like oh. to chirp been threatened about that kind of females moment <laughs> being as cruel as they are um <laughs> They, they don't understand,
1: <laughs> but I think a lot, a lot more people are actually waking up and going. You know what? I think the awareness is there, the awareness and is there. Um, you know, you and do, it's growing. Absolutely. Many and years ago, you, nobody spoke about it. It wasn't done. Exactly. And females then were new. Uh, was organizations
0: spent. like the SPCA that uh, you know do very large yes, awareness drives absolutely. and that kind of thing, and they play a crucial role. Yes. In, in awareness and creating awareness of this kind of thing. Yeah, they
1: do. they definitely and do. Yeah, they, you know,
0: they particularly come become very active over the Christmas yeah. season as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, I. I think think when i was much younger or a child female dogs were spayed but dogs weren't neutered male dogs weren't Mm. neutered it was unnecessary kind of Mm. thing but now people are as you say the education is reaching far and wide and every dog that comes from a shelter now you get it spayed and neutered already
0: that's it and they'll make it they'll make it a condition you know and and you'll notice there is the question of a lot of um the um, wealthy organizations are spaying and neutering a lot earlier, a lot younger yes, than six months. Yes. Mm-hmm. But purely because they have a really hard time con Vincing people. I mean, you can get people to sign all the papers that you want that you will bring the dog mm, back for and sterilization don't. and they no, never they do. Don't. So, you know, the S- organizations like the SPSCA sit with their back to the wall and I mean, they do it quite successfully and quite safely as well. They need to at, at yes. fairly young ages, young but ages. for good reason
3: because but for they, cats, they need to, exactly, they,
0: they need to ensure that there's no chance that the animal's going to go out there and create more unwanted yeah, puppies correct. and kittens.
1: Isn't it called something in, in cats? I know I did an article early sterilization. So it's called something officially that they're doing kittens very young.
0: Yeah. No, wow. they do. And and, uh, and I'm completely supportive of it. But they, really, they become
2: um, sexually active within eight weeks or whatever?
0: No, no. I think cats generally somewhere anywhere between the ages of seven and ten months. Seven um, and ten months? So you've yeah, got quite a can, big window And there. dogs? Yeah. Dogs, your small breed dogs will tend to come into season a little bit earlier than your large breed dogs. So usually around about the eight to nine month mark and the large breed okay. dogs maybe nine to ten months that they'll have their first oh, so season. It's under a year. But we do recommend that if you are going to breed, you don't breed on that first season because they haven't reached their mature They haven't finished growing yet. Yes. Haven't reached their mature body mass, their mature body weight, their growth plates haven't quite closed. So I always recommend if you are going to breed, go Mm. for the second, the second heat rather than the first.
1: Yes, and the first one. And also they're still puppies. Correct. I mean, I think adults. You don't want to give them all
2: that responsibility. No, they're
1: only emotionally mature a lot later. A lot later. So, please, People go and spay a neuter. It's not going to harm your dog. In fact, it's only going to benefit your dog. It makes them too. a better pet. Would you say? Yeah. No,
3: I
0: couldn't agree more. No, no.
1: So it calms them. For the, in for a the lot males of in especially. a lot of
0: cases, it does. But remember, it's not a panacea for bad behaviour. No, in dogs. sure. Sure. Um, and I would say if you are having behavioral issues and you haven't sterilized your dog, that's a good place to start. Yes. But then you really need to get the services of a trainer or a behaviorist in as well. In and as your veterinarian well. will be able to help you contact somebody ingrained. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, some of those behavior traits. Alright, Clint, thank you so much. We're going to... Get Clint back in again. Yeah, he's going to answer all our questions all our free of questions charge. questions as we go. So we say, if you've got a veterinary question on the first Wednesday of every month, Clint's going to be in studio. Please, please send me a mail on Canine Zone Facebook page, and we will ask Clint your questions. Clint, That's thank great. Thank you so much. It's a great for pleasure. Nice to see you guys again. And we'll see you again soon, soon.
0: Good. Chat soon. Have a good one Great run. stuff. cliffcentral.com <laughs>
1: cliffcentral.com it's a busy, busy morning here in Animal Central this morning. We've had lots of fun so far. So many guests. And I love so it. So many guests. It's yeah. lovely. It just goes so It's exciting. Yeah, and
2: it's I don't fun. know why we're we playing a Christmas song when it's not Christmas. Did we, song? we play a Christmas song? Yeah, it was uh <laughs> Santa Tell Me Ariana Grande. I just felt like it but then hey, nothing wrong with our, our producer, up I was like, Jono, why are you playing this song? It's not Christmas.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, that's fine. As long as you didn't play Jingle Bells. Yeah. We'll... But now we're back with um the wonderful Morgana James. Now she's with the donkey upliftment project, part of the NSPCA, and we were hoping to get a donkey. In fact, Gareth said earlier, Why didn't we bring a donkey? Yeah, in?
2: you know, he says that, but you know, yeah. when he's got a donkey walking up his stairs, he's gonna moan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he
1: said I could bring a donkey, so I'm holding yes folks to it. He said you must bring he, it. Absolutely. There you go.
2: He said we can bring any animal besides a snake, eh? So. Uh, he
1: wasn't happy with the snake. When we had that, he left very, very a snake, quickly. A snake <laughs> yeah. would be happier
4: outside,
2: yeah. out in the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was, sure. a,
4: a huge, uh,
1: was a huge reticulated
2: python or yeah, something. The albino, it was beautiful. Yeah, he uh, was,
1: it was absolutely beautiful, yeah. but Gareth left the building. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> sure. But Max, uh, Morgana, thank you so much for coming in today. First, tell us what it is that you do.
4: Okay, first of all, thank you so much. It's great to be here to talk donks for mm. just a, a, a moment in time. And I think it was just fortuitous, yes. strange that it was, that you had Maxine with beautiful Luca beforehand. Be- yes. Because you were talking about service dogs. Mm-hmm. And donkeys, like dogs, are the most amazing service animals. Really? You know, we, we sit here. We're in the city. We're surrounded by buildings and fancy cars. And I think it's kind of hard for us to to really understand what well, donkeys really. Mm. But... In this amazing country that we live in, you know, we're talking at it's, it's estimated figures of, of half a million working donkeys. Seriously? And that these many? are ultimate service animals because mm. right now as we're speaking here, people, you know, kids have got to school today because donkeys because have, donkey. have drawn a cart. You've got people that are getting their social grants because donkeys have taken them. The people in clinics, you know, we do sort of workshops um, outside human clinics where the old folk are saying, you know what, I got here today because of my donkey. But Good heavens. But there's a clinic to help me who helps the donkeys. Yes. And we try and fit into that gap. We work very much in um, the very remote areas, very rural areas. Right. And it's where service provision is... Unfortunately, for, for donkeys, it's non-existent. It's non-existent. Yeah,
1: because you don't. Know, when you live in the city, you, you never see a donkey. <laughs> or exactly. Very rarely and you don't think that there's so many of them actually working yeah. every single day. Yeah. What are th- what are they doing? So aside from transport.
4: It's basically the, the ones that we deal with and largely throughout the country, they're drawing carts and building materials, food supplies, taking kids to school, right. taking I'm the elderly the for, for social gave, grants yeah. and that kind of thing. It's
2: all very, um, physically, uh, physically uh ph- demanding. physical demand. That's what I'm looking for yeah. work, So they yeah. work hard.
4: Can I, can I tell you they work really, really hard? They, if, if you look at, I mean, we've had situations, um, I mean, the little donks we deal with, you're talking 150 kilos, and there's two, maybe three donkeys in a cart, and we've stopped them where they're pulling a ton. Oh. Um, and it's just, unfortunately, sometimes the folk who who own them and the folk who use them, um, they need assistance because they need to understand what's fair on the animal, what's legally Absolutely. acceptable. And it's very much the the project our... The motto for our project is we're providing a hand up, not a handout, because we believe people need to be self-sustaining. So our project, our interventions are based on showing and helping the people, skills, empowerment, education, how to improve harnessing, how to actually do it themselves. Mm. So that when Mm. we're not there, because we've got a massive country, we can't be everywhere, how do they help themselves? Mm. It's not just about harnessing. It's about healthcare. It's about... Um, resting the animals. Yes. Uh, so yes. it's, it's a, everything in that to animal's life. To educate them. Yeah. Uh,
1: to educate them more because looking at the, the pictures you gave me here, they are so beautiful, but you can see they work hard. And you're saying yeah that generally these donkeys are owned by very poor people. Very poor
4: people. Very poor people. Yeah. You're talking folks, in, in fact, a, a lot of the folks we deal with, it's child, um, headed. Households, yes. the parents have died. And we've got seven-year-old kids that are responsible for putting catching donkeys out the fowl, putting them in harness, watching them, feeding them, and going out to collect firewood and water mm. to sustain that family. And it's it's oh. quite remarkable, you know, the the relationship that people have with the animals, yes. the, the relationship of need. And we fit in that gap because, unfortunately, sometimes the dire straits of people are in. They don't always give a lot of thought to their animals. Yeah, well, if you, mm-hmm. can't, feed yeah, you can't feed yourself or yeah. get medical yeah. attention. Yeah. But yes. this, this, our projects are very practical. So with our kids projects, we, you know, in some communities, the kids are just, these kids should be out playing. They should be at school, but the circumstances sometimes always not mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, not enough and, either. um, they take it out in the animals. So some of the interventions we've had, we've spent so much time with the kids, getting the kids involved and, and, the basis of what we do is kindness and empathy. Because yes, you know what? Yes. If you can get people to be kind to animals across the board, mm. you change how they handle animals, how they work with animals, very what true. they do. So it's, it's not just about a skill. It's about changing somebody's heart. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. you know what? Absolutely. Mm. And Quite can right. I tell you, when I walked in here this morning, John, I just, it was so great to be here. You came up and you offered us coffee outside and you offered VUCA water. And just hats off to you. That's a kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, and it was so natural. You just, you're know, like, well, you know, it's one of yes. us sort of thing. When you change people's hearts, it becomes natural to do that. It's not a message. It's because you feel it. I'm thirsty. My donkey's thirsty. Sure. I've worked really hard today. Let me let the donkey out for water. Let it, let me let him into a place where he can eat first. And, and with the kids, we went from kids who, who were, were pretty violent. They, they didn't have a lot of, um, social structure you know a lot of parents Mm. live in the cities work in the city where there's jobs so they're having to do massive work and when we started interacting with them talking about having fun with them talking about well how do you feel you know when you're tired and hungry and comparing that to the donkey and you know it's it's just so amazing because we had kids before that were randomly killing birds Mm. and then you know as time grew on they were coming when we went to a donkey workshop and they were saying, no, they found this little dove and he's wow. injured and mm. they've been caring for him until we could get here. Can I That's tell you fantastic. what? Fantastic. It, it just, it just makes your heart smile yeah. because yeah. then you know you're in a place where soon you're going to be redundant because people are going to be able to help themselves. Yes. Mm. Yes. And it's a, it's a very holistic project that we have going. Um, harnessing, you can see, you know, harnessing yes. is a massive part of it. Oh, my There's goodness. a lot of stuff that really harms the animals. And the people use it not because they're heavy, trying to be controlled. What's that?
1: Steel? Metal?
4: I'm showing a, a donkey. Well, it's not actually a bit, but it did come out of a donkey's mouth. It's mm. a steel bolt that was used that people have fashioned. You know, we see massive injuries. Oh. And it's because people do not have they, anything else don't to use. Know they use and it. They
1: don't have the resources. Exactly. Yes.
4: And that's where, you know, through, through education, through training, saying, you know what, this is not acceptable. And through helping out with harnessing. We do help with harnessing. We help with care. Um, but it's it's really the project. Unless we can reach out to the people, unless yes. we can change the people, we're never going to uplift the donkeys. No, mm. sure. You know, and it's sure. it's really practical. You know, it's in one of the communities we deal with, a lot of we, we find it's children, old age pensioners. We found in one community a lot of old age pensioners on on crutches, for example, and they were really rough with the donkeys. And you could see it's such a nice man when he's talking to you, but he's the way he's putting the harnessing on. Then we just stood and just looked for a while. And, you know, some of their crutches are made out of tree branches and they're mm, in very poor mm. communities. And um, we came back to the city and we asked around and we were really blessed and we managed to get some really nice um, proper frames, yes. proper walking yes. sticks um, for the folks that clip onto your arms. Mm. We took this back to the communities and we said to them, okay, guys, we've noticed your handling of the donkeys is not necessarily because you mean to be rough, but you're trying to manage – Crutches at the, at same, the same time, time, as, time as an animal this. and put the harnessing on. Yes. So we gave them the, uh, the new crutches. And I tell you, apart from the fact that I never thought I'd really be like overjoyed to see a one-legged man dancing, but these yes. folks are so, you know, it's just like, it just changes oh, the world. they were so pleased to, that we'd also tried to help them mm. put on these, these, um, you know, this, this new equipment for the folks and how it improved the animals because now they were using um, equipment for themselves that they left their Which hands free, so they could properly handle us. the animals.
1: And Morgan, where where, are the,
4: where do these donkeys come from? Well, the donkeys we work with oh. are really in the remote areas, Limpopo, Northwest. have got the largest concentrations. There's also some in the Eastern Cape. You know, there's throughout the country in Northern so Cape. So they they're bred by specific breeders. No, no. Where you do know they what? These come from? these donks and donkeys are amazing because they are. We we have in Africa such incredible animals. Mm. A donkey is the most amazing African animal. They're African true originals um, that are spread across the world. Yes. But in communities they they breed freely. Um, it's not a specific okay. breeder. Yes. They they just. Randomly sort of breed, and that comes with problems in itself. Oh, yes. oh, um, I was thinking and it's that. in some cases, when, um, for example, you have an albino donkey, mm. a male, you know, that's not genes you want to carry on in a community, because they're so compromised with skin cancer, mm. and they, oh, they don't have course. that kind of care. Yes. So, where possible, we also try and castrate animals. Okay. Especially ones with, with um, poor conformation, poor genes like the albino genes and that kind of thing, because it's it's harmful to the, the long-term welfare of that animal. Mm. And if, if you think, you know, as a pet donkey in Europe, um, a donkey's got a lifespan of up to 40 years. Sure. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. In Africa, yeah. a working donkey, you're talking 12 years.
1: Oh. What? Yeah.
3: Just so from all the hard labor they the hard do, labor? it Massive shortens their f- lifespan. Yeah,
1: mm. And nutrition. Okay. Do they eat grass, natural things, or is that something that the owners also have to try and find money mm. for?
4: Yeah, and unfortunately, that's one of the big concerns because donkeys are compromised not just in the fact of how they work and their harnessing, but their living conditions. Because the areas they work in, communal grazing, that type of thing, they don't have access to good good nutrition. For good nutrition. So they are nutritionally compromised, health compromised, as well as the welfare.
1: So, Morgan, what
4: can people do to try and to help? Folks, if you can go onto the um, to our website, if you'd like to sponsor um, a donkey, if you'd oh, like to lovely. support some harnessing, Please. we're very blessed in that the UK Donkey Sanctuary does support part of our project, but. We're Africans. We need to have an African no, solution. Really. No, for
1: sure. So they would look up the NSPCA National Donkey
4: Upliftment Program. If they go onto our, our on NSPCA the website, website oh, on the SPCA and follow website. follow the um, and you the leads. can sponsor a donkey. Fo- That's yeah such a great So idea. folks, as you're sitting here in the city, yeah. we moan about if ESCOM. You know, think about the donks preventing blackouts. Oh, I
2: wish we had oh, more time. Sure. Like I have so many more questions about the I donkeys. I think we're going to have to bring you, you back in you back with back. a little baby donkey.
4: A, yeah. That's a deal. Sounds yeah, awesome. Okay. Folks, thank you well, so well,
1: much. Thank Very much thank appreciate you. it. Bless thank you. you for doing, you know, for helping our donkeys who we don't often think about. Mm. Well, we've kind of run out of time, John yeah, unfortunately. The show is <laughs> in so quickly. We'll be back next week with more exciting news, stories, and interviews. Have a good week and give your dogs a hug for us.